Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this Monday's Wealth Creation Show. Jim, this is our 100th episode. Wow. We should have a birthday for that. But whose <laughs> birthday is it today? It's my birthday. It's today. yours. Happy birthday. <laughs> Aye, so, uh, yeah, it's my birthday today. But, uh, yeah, more importantly, we've done 100 episodes of this. I think that's, that's fantastic. We never expected to get to this. Like, well, we're going to finish after 52. 52, well, and then it yeah. was over to 52. We've done what I needed to do, and I needed to do for my to leave to my grandkids, great grandkids, and all yeah. the rest of it. That's if I have them, um, or if my kids have them, <laughs> no, me yeah. personally. Um, I'll have to start adopting people <laughs> 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 so I can leave something to somebody so it actually carries on in the, in the you know, a legacy. It's like all, all this is for nothing. Um, yeah. This is actually real interesting. You know, this is the six key regrets of people in their deathbed, and you're going to introduce this. But I think the most important point to talk out somebody right now. Uh, instantly, did you know there's more people alive than has actually been people died from the very since time began? Really? Yes. Where did you get that? That's quite a that's quite an interesting one. Yeah, and why did I say that? Because more and more people are living longer. Therefore, they're living to around about 80 years old, okay? But do you know the average retirement age is 65 for a a man and 64 for a woman? That means if you retire at the average age of retirement at 65 years old, you've literally got 15 years to live your life on your terms, by the way. Yeah, because most people are tied into a job. Ninety-one percent of people are tied into a job that they don't like or they hate. Mm -hmm. That's quite a startling statistic, isn't it? Ninety-one percent of the population is doing a job that they absolutely detest. I don't know. I mean, it must be it must be really difficult to do a job the end that you really don't enjoy, and but you don't have another choice. You don't have the choice, obviously, because you need the income. Yeah, potentially that's that's why. Um, a lot of people just go and, and they don't see any alternative. They don't see any other way out. And this is what the Wealth Creation Show is all about. They don't see any other clarity, any other path that they need they can take because they're stuck in this. You're the sum of the five people you go about with yeah. and you tend to find that everybody else is in the same situation. Therefore, they can't help you out of your dilemma. And and there's and it, there comes to a point where, uh, as human beings, we accept our consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, people go through, um, they go through, we're going to fight against it, we're going to reason with it, and then we're going to accept it. And some people go the other way, and they go accept it, reason with it, and then wait a minute, and then What's they still want to fight with it. You know, yeah. so, you know, there, there's there, these process happens in different ways, but effectively these three different processes will happen out of every decision that you make or fail to make as well. So a lot of people actually get to their life and they actually get to acceptance. They just accept it. They just accept that's your lot. Are you out there right now and you're accepting that is it, that's your lot? This is my life. This is what I have to do for the rest of my life until I put my clogs. Or do you don't actually think about it and just bury your head in the sand and think to yourself, maybe if I don't think about it, it'll never happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, burying the head in the sand is quite a common thing. And, I, and it wouldn't surprise me that there's a vast majority out there that are probably in that kind of mindset and feel like that and just kind of on off, have to put themselves on autopilot day in day out, which is which is quite a shame because there is there isn't a need to have to do that. There's other ways to do it, and you don't want to get to the stage where what we're talking about today is get to your deathbed and have all these regrets about what you've done and how you've lived your life and and how you've applied yourself. 
I mean, you know, if you're listening right now, you don't need to tell us in the comments or anything like that. But, you know, write down some of the things that, you know, you think to yourself, if you don't do them in your lifetime, you're probably going to lie on your deathbed and regret what you've not done. Now, you might write them down right now and say, I intend to do these things. But the very fact that you write them down means that you'll probably end up doing them at some point in time. There's no surprise I actually have done or most of the things I've actually written down. Mm -hmm. nearly enough all of them so i have to write down some other things now and um, that's it so there's no surprise there because i wrote them down and i mm -hmm. believed them and i am what a mind of a man can believe he can achieve and, and if you can dream about it you can actually make it happen because it's the ideas and the thoughts the invention the creativity as you come in the dreaming aspect and in that state it actually um, it brings something to fruition at the end of it if you don't dream about it and you don't think about it, then guess what? You'll not do it because you have to think about it to do it in the first place. So this is why it's important every single time. Personally, for me, the, the most decisions are made now. Will I actually regret this? Not doing it. Um, will I lie in my deathbed and think, God, I wish I'd done that? And if the answer to that is yes, then yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. Whether, whether I think it's, you know, the right thing to do at that point in time or if it's not the right thing to do at that point in time, I just go on the principle that this is not a dress rehearsal. You ain't coming back. You're only going one time round. And if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. And for me personally, I think it's about, you know, when you, I'll say when you get to my age, which is obviously tomorrow, it'll be 20 <laughs> years. Tomorrow, yeah. 20 years, yeah. It'll be 57. When you get to my age, and, and for me, my age is like, well, wait a minute, if I'm trying to live to 150, that's only a third of the way there. If I'm trying to live to double that, which is what I thought about in the beginning, it's like I'm only halfway there. And it's fine. But for most people, when they say, when I get to my age, when you get to my age, you start to think about these things. But most importantly, a lot of people start to think about, will people remember me? Yeah. What kind of legacy yeah. you leave and what kind of memories you leave? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And for some people... They find solace in the booze um, because they think to themselves, if they keep drinking, they'll maybe just forget about it. <laughs> and it'll dull the moment. Um, yeah. Do you know how I know that? Because <laughs> it's like I've tried it. Yeah, and and you've probably seen a lot of people go through that process and get to the end and think, God, I should have done this or don't, and, and I advise you, don't do this. And, and I think it is quite a common thing and people do bury their head in the sand. And I think if you've if you're got yourself in the right mindset now, no matter what stage yeah. you are in your life, you'll be aware that you don't want to get to the end of your life and regret things. And I was researching what we're going to talk about today and the six key regrets. And yeah. there was a lot yeah. of different things as well. But I think what I've, what we've put together today, I think, re really relates to what we talk about weekly on this show. Do you know what I mean? About yeah. taking, like you say, Jim, taking risks and living your dreams and, and taking better care of yourself. And we've also got in here about take, uh, uh, wishing that you do more for others and also doing meaningful work, which is quite important. And I know it's important to you as well, Jim, and what you do. So what could we talk about right now, not in terms of the things that you talked about, what could we say right now to the younger generation? What could we say to people in their 20s or even less than that, even at school? You know, what can we say to them right now about things that they'll probably regret when you get to your age and when they get to my age? Well, what would me, you say to what would you say to a younger person right now at school the thing that you think they might regret. Don't, don't spend too much time in your 20s partying and wasting time. I mean, it's all good. Have fun. 
Um, but when you get into your 30s and then you realise, and you think, God, I could have started and I could have got ahead of the game a lot earlier. There's, yeah. you know what I mean? There's a lot of people wait too late in life. Um, and a lot of people, and it's and it's society encourages you, like, oh, go out, have fun, do it while you're young and in your, your 20s. And it's like, yeah, but you're going to waste about a decade where you could have been ahead of everybody else. And, yeah. and, and really um, setting yourself up for a future where you don't have to be tied to a 95 job in a factory or whatever. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's time now there. Now, it. is that because you've now experienced it? So you're now going back and saying, look, yeah. now I've experienced what it was like to be in a factory. Because you were in a factory at one point, I think it was. Yeah, come you know, in, and yeah, now you've been that. Yeah, you've now yeah. thought to yourself, well, now now let's look at let's look at what I, I would have, not necessarily would have told yourself earlier on, but what would you have liked to have known by somebody else, maybe a lot wiser than you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's like, luckily, I mean, I worked about two and a half years doing shifts in a factory and I got to the realisation like I cannot do this forever and I went back and studied again I went back to college re-educated and all the rest of it and, and subsequently here I am but uh, a lot of people maybe don't have that kind of light bulb moment like I can't do this forever and and look at options and, and the best way to get with that and for me it was to re-educate and, and do things obviously to get to where I want to be and I'm still learning and educating and that's part of what we do day in day out it's like you need to continually learn to uh, evolve yourself into the person or, or the place you want to be so here's an interesting question then okay are you where you want to be no i probably i mean i'm yeah. happy where i am but i would good. if i started earlier i'd have been a wee bit i'd been a lot further along in my journey okay good that's a good answer that's an excellent yeah. answer and um, i think personally what i would have been telling myself when i was younger don't worry too much about your education unless you're going to specialise in something. It's like a doctor, a dentist, mm -hmm. a lawyer or something that needs a professional qualification yeah. and needs that education level. Don't worry too much and don't put too much pressure on yourself if you don't pass the exams you need to. You, you think you should be passing. Take as much risks as possible, what I'd be telling myself as a younger self. Now, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't go back in time right now and tell myself because I'm exactly where I want to be right now. So yeah. I would never want to jeopardise changing that. But if I was going to go back to tell someone like me when I was younger in a similar situation, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Don't allow other people, but take loads of risks. Start a business. Start doing things for yourself. Start testing on TikTok. Start, you know, doing YouTube uh, shorts and, you know, um, YouTube uh, vlogs and blogs. Start yeah. doing all these different things. Get a great idea of what's out there. Just, it's almost like walking into a buffet and instead of just going, I tell you what, I'm going to go for the safe stuff that I know I like. Go ahead and do everything. Go and taste Sorry, everything thanks. in that buffet. When you're a lot younger, taste everything in the buffet. Take low, more chances. You've got nothing to lose. You've got no money really to lose because you've got no wealth behind you. You've got um, no money to risk because you've got no wealth behind you. Um, your mum and dad is probably paying all your bills anyway because you're still staying at home. Like I said with the boys and Tony as well. Tony's obviously got her own place now, but milk it for all it's got. You're getting free food. You're getting free digs. You're getting yeah. free electricity. You're not paying for a damn thing. You're earning money now. So invest that wisely for your future and use that. But try all these different things. You know, Ben's been through trying blogs and vlogs and all the rest of it and trying to do all these things with Minecraft and stuff like that. It's yeah. given him a great experience. So there's no surprise he's in networking and computers. And he worked for the RNA. 
So there's no surprise for that. You know, Scott was another one. Scott was like, you know, involved in drama and all the rest of it. And there's no surprise he's light in theatre and technical production because that's what he loves doing at the Bayer Theatre just now. But his risk is like, you know, let's go for, let's go on the road where we're wicked. Mm-hmm. Or Hamilton. So that's what he's trying to apply for right now, to go on the road with Wicked, the, the tour and Hamilton yeah. and all the rest of it. That's the sort of thing he wants to get involved in. And I said, hey, you'll probably not do that for the rest of your life, but the reality is just go out there and do it. Now, it'd yeah. be interesting to, for them to watch this in 50 years' time. <laughs> and think <laughs> to themselves, oh, my yeah. God. It's like, because it'll be interesting to see where they went and what happened with their life. And we will probably see that because I'll probably still be around. <laughs> More than likely, I'm going to lift 150. Um, hey, it's a good goal, and if I don't make it, I'm not going to know anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but most people will know because it'll be watching this blogging vlog. And um, so that's what I would tell my younger self, um, or a person that was younger like me, is don't make too too much pressure on your exams and all the rest of it. Um, uh, start to mimic people that are really successful in the field that you want to go into. So if you've tried everything you want to try and you want to try something that specialise in it, then go into that field, but actually see the most the most successful people in that field and get more information about these people and find out exactly what they want to do yeah, and how they've done it. That's a great lesson for that younger person to actually work on because then they're standing on the shoulders of giants. They're not necessarily actually starting from scratch, which is why I don't believe in. It's like, mm-hmm. why would you start... Why do you need to start from scratch? Why do you need to go through all that turmoil that everybody else went through just because they went through it? Because you'll just get to where they are right now. So why would you want that? Why do you know just start a wee bit behind where they are right now, learn from them as much as possible, and then accelerate past them as well? I'm sure if it's your parents, then they'll pat you on the back and say, well done, son, or well yeah. done, daughter. You know, whatever that needs to be um, in, in, that, in that scope of things. So if you are in your... 20s now your 20s to 30s self what would you be telling yourself stop partying yeah but no that i mean I'm, it's, it's going to sound like oh don't have fun be born and but it's not you can still enjoy yourself no. but i think everybody's encouraged at that age to just go out and let loose and that's your time to do that and absolutely looking back, looking back you can still have fun but not do that yeah i would say so as well um fun is in the mind of the person that creates it yeah, that's 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 ultimately what it comes down to. And the most important point, you are the master of your own destiny. Yeah. So it's up to you whether you're going to be having fun or not. It's interesting, but I showed a a, 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 a video the other day, which I actually posted last year and I shared it again this year of mm-hmm. uh, children. And, you know, it was a third world country. It was something like Kenya or that. And they were opening all the presents from people that had given them them. And they were getting pencils, they were getting paper, they were getting pens, they were getting all these different things for school. And I tell you what, the joyous, the joy that came out of these children was unbelievable. And yet, if, you give that, if you give that to somebody right here, they'd go, Yeah, I know. And so can you see how it's a, it's a decision by you yourself to decide if, you know, to decide if you're going to be happy about that or not? You know, are you going to be, are you going to have gratitude every single day for what you've got? Are you going to moan about what you've not got at this point in time? That's the lessons that you need to learn lying on your deathbed, you know, um, before you get there. Because you need to have the gratitude every single day. You need to, are you going to, are you going to, the one I've been going through the now, Richard, um, for me, um, well, 
let's look at me 20 to 30. What would I tell myself 20 to 30? Probably yeah, exactly the same as you. Probably exactly the same as you, Richard. Yeah. It's like, for God's sake, uh, lay off the booze and stop going out uh, till all hours of the morning. I mean, you know, admittedly at that time, 20s to 30s, I was I was really climbing the career ladder, but the booze was a big issue for me. And it holds you back. Um, hold you back I was using it as a, I was using it as self-medication for stress. So, and most people do that anyway, they self-medicate. So mm -hmm. That's effectively what they're doing. They take a drink at the end of the day because they think it relaxes them. And yes, it does, but you don't need to take another one and you don't need to take a bottle. Yeah. And that's effectively what some people get to. They get so dependent on it and so dependent on that, almost like smoking. They become completely dependent on mm -hmm. that and they don't have connection. And that's why they get dependent on it because they don't have connection with other people. And they don't connect with other people. They don't speak to other people. They don't engage with other people. I sat the other day. Yesterday, we were there. Two people sat in front of us. Two friends that hadn't seen each other for about seven years went to see Donny Osmond. Yes, I went to see Donny Osmond. He was absolutely brilliant. Anyway, what could you learn from him? That's another thing about survival and, and, and all the rest of it. Eh? And, and determination and perseverance. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so they sat down, the two of them, they hadn't seen each other for years. And the first thing they did is they got the mobiles out and sat and played in their mobiles. <laughs> Never saw that. <laughs> no, nothing. They just kind of played in their mobiles until it was ready to go to the concert. And I was like, and Elaine did say, did you see that? I went, absolutely. I said, I can't believe that. It's like they sat there and just, and, and they, maybe once in a blue moon, one showed their mobile to the other one, but that was about it. And it's like, this is two mature people, older yeah. than me. And this is what, a lot of people are, are actually getting, they're falling into it. So as a younger person, I would actually be saying to myself as a younger person, now, now that I see what technology is doing to us uh, and how it's disconnecting us, it does connect us in a good way and we use it to the advantage, yeah. but it does disconnect us from people that are, in pres are present right now, right in front of us. So we all do it, you know, we're guilty. We're oh, yeah. guilty as charged, yeah. you definitely all do it. But you have to make sure you engage with the people around about you in order to keep your sanity. But if you don't do that, that's why it ends up things like the self-medicating with the drinking mm -hmm. or the rest yeah. of it. So that's what I'd be, you know, I'm still, I'm still wouldn't change anything for me personally, but a younger person, 20 to 30, you don't need to settle down straight away. You don't need to find that wonderful partner. You don't need to have children straight away. Ideally, you, for my kids, yes, you do, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes you do because i'm wanting grandkids <laughs> if you're watching this um and and time will tell because i watch it back and then even yeah. the grandkids and the great great grandkids might be watching us and they might go oh my god that's our great 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 granddad talking about this um so so that's what i'd be saying at, at that point in time you know and, and again you're in that sort of maturity stage where you can take risks you can take loads of risks. You can do what you want to do. You can still, um, you can still go around the buffet of, of the thing. But but the peers, the peers round about us, the people that are older than us that have done it in a different way, want to mirror their, their, the way they did it on mm -hmm. on the youth of today. So it's like, no, that's not how I did it. I got a job early when I got out of school at 16 years old and I went and did this and I went and did that and I stuck in and I worked the 40-year plan or the 50-year plan and that's how I did it. And they want their children to do exactly the same thing. Not because they just want them to suffer. <laughs> it's like, and more or less. But, but they think that that's the, the right model because it worked for them. But in today's society, it possibly doesn't. So look about you and look what works and actually make what works. 
but but ignore the naysayers. Yeah. Just ignore the naysayers. Ignore the people that think it can't be done. I was lucky enough to have mentors at that time, probably when I was about 25 onwards, where I had mentors that used to say to me, like what we're saying right now, is ignore the naysayers. They have no idea. When somebody says to you, oh, I, w- I don't know what be- I don't know whether we'll be able to win the lottery. I don't think I would want that. And it's like I used to say, well, you tried it lately. No. Because I tell you what, unless you've tried it, you'll not have a clue what it's like. Um, these are the sort of things I would never want to be rich. It's like, well, you tried it. Because unless you've tried it, how would you know? So I used to have good rebuttals for people like yeah. that. I think that comes, from, that comes with, obviously, like the lottery stories where people have went crazy and it's tore them apart and they've got it all and lost it all and then in debt to depression. But then this that doesn't apply. This is the shit they tell themselves so yeah. they can so they can compromise why they've not done it. Yeah. Why they've not exceeded, why they've not excelled themselves, why they've not pushed themselves. They don't want other they don't want to see that. They want to use someone else's um, reason uh, or someone else's failure as the excuse why they don't want to do it. Because they're not prepared to pay the price. They're not prepared to put that effort in. Yeah. And these are the key things that you think about and you think, if I get to my deathbed, will I? And this is why I say to everybody, it's like, this is what I do. So what would you tell yourself now, Richard, where you're you're in your 30s, you're obviously, you are in your 30s, but what would you be telling yourself right now then? Like today? Yeah, but for, you know, for like when you hit 30, what would you have told yourself? Or what would you tell somebody in their 30s right now? What I would tell somebody in their 30s right now is if you've not started... Obviously, taking risks, looking to achieve your dreams and be where you want to be in life in terms of success and maybe financial and financial aspect, you really need to sit down and I think, like you say, Jim, and it's in, it's in here to, uh, for what I've put together, write things down, write where you want to be, how you could, how you could get there and speak to the right people who will help you get there. I'll guarantee you, most people in their, tw- their, their, their teenage years, their 20s, their 30s, they will not write it down. Yeah. And the reason they won't write it down because they'll be terrified and they don't achieve it. And then in their mind, they will feel that they're a failure. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. But if you write it down, I'll probably guarantee, I could guarantee you if you write it down, you've got more chance of succeeding at what you're writing down than you ever have before because you've written it down. You've committed it to paper. Yeah. You've committed it in your mind. Therefore, you don't necessarily think at this point in time. Now, what you're doing is writing down what you want to do, where you want to be, how you want to do it, and all the rest of it. Don't worry about where you are right now. Because what happens is your wee unconscious mind goes away and works in the back of there and actually works away when you're sleeping and, and works away to actually achieve what you're wanting. Plus the fact as well, because you wrote it down, then you start to interact with other people. And in day-to-day interactions, you start to then see a wee bit of opportunity that you never yeah. ever saw before only because you've written it down. So that's what I'd be telling the younger self. You know, write it down, which I did. I used to write pages and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages. I remember I sat in a cafe in Paris all by myself, having a nice sirloin steak and a bottle of wine. And I took out a book like this one. I've probably got my notes somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I wrote about three pages of what I want to achieve and where I want to be. I have never read these that information ever again. But I tell you what, because I wrote it down, it sticks it up there somewhere. Yeah. 
You don't need to go over it again. You don't need to beat yourself up about the fact that you've not achieved that so far. But write it down. Maybe put a time scale on it. That's what you need to do when you're at these ages. Because you've got nothing to lose again. You've not committed yourself to a mortgage at this point in time. You possibly rent, which is an easy gig, because then you could always move back with bank of mum and dad. <laughs> That's an easy option. Uh, you could all you've no commitment to any cost, so you've got nothing to lose, you've got nothing to risk. Um, you're maybe in a relationship, but but that's fine, that's okay, and you can take it as it comes. And yeah. if that other person, remember, it's important as well. One of the main things I'm going to tell you that the biggest regret you'll ever get when you get to your deathbed is you've married, maybe married or been with the wrong person. Now I'm quite lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I I have got the perfect person the ideal partner and um, so i was quite fortunate and um, maybe it was maybe it was a new at that time and it evolved like that as well and we have the same well i have the same mindset and elaine just listens <laughs> that's probably it. Yeah. and and now because of the success now she goes yeah you were absolutely right maybe i should just keep listening mm. um, and maybe i shouldn't interfere because that will happen in the beginning yeah your partner um, whoever you are, if you're a woman, and if you're a man, or whatever you want to be, binary, non-binary, you know, them, they, they, and us, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that's fine. But the person that you match up with has to support you in what you want to do, and you have to support them in what they want to do. But you have to both find a way forward, because that person will either build you up or they'll tear you down. Yeah, yeah, that, is, that is really important. If you've not got the right, the right partnership or the right person, like you say, but we're made up what we do is the five um, people that we spend the most time with and obviously your partner is going to be the person you spend the most time with outside maybe we are yeah. working things you and know you know in, initially what what you do what happens is you know this is this is how human nature works oxycontin yeah. or whatever it's called yeah it goes into your when you when you have sex and all the rest of it that's the dopamine or the um, the hormones that it releases into your system mm-hmm. at that time and 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 it makes you feel good about your partner and where they are and what they are and who they are. Um, but but most people go for um, go for um, beauty straight away. That's what attracts them in the first instance. They go for beauty, so they just go straight for the beauty. And some people actually just focus on beauty all the time. But what you have to remember, and this is what I can tell a young person, because this is what I remembered when I was a lot younger. I used to say, Elaine, I wouldn't care if you had a skinhead. And I wouldn't care whoever. Honestly, that's what yeah. I, the type of things I used to say, like me. I say I used to say I, 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 it wouldn't bother me. I would still know I've got the right person. I would still know. I mean, I know it sounds daft, but I used to sit and watch all these programs that people were in car crashes and they were disfigured, and the next minute their partner left them, and it's like clearly it was just all about beauty. Yeah, it was nothing to do with the person, and it was nothing to do with who they are. It was just what they are. So beauty is only skin deep. The beauty is within. Yeah, and definitely. that's that's what you should focus on in a, in a lifetime partner. It's the actual person that's going to build you up rather than tear you down every single day. It's the person that don't, it, it won't then become jealous of your success. I, I, I know people like that, where their yeah. partners rip them apart because they're actually jealous of their success. Yeah, that's crazy. But it does happen more often than you think. So that's why it's important to get the life, the, the right partner overall. And if the partner isn't the right partner, then probably make a quick decision and exit that relationship um, for you. 
don't try and don't try and look at it and on this point of view that you know oh, what will my mom and dad think you know what i would say a lot of people though if you're finding it difficult to actually find your way forward in that respect relate scotland if they're in scotland which is our guidance service a mediation service yeah which actually for relationship counseling is probably the way forward to ascertain if this is the right circumstances because remember we'll all go off the rails at one point in time well maybe several <laughs> for me <laughs> maybe several for me because <laughs> we we'll always get to that you know what you call it midlife crisis yeah but <laughs> everybody goes is this it most women get to that and i'm going to say this quite and, and you know i'll maybe get pelts for it but most women get to that stage when they get to the menopause because the menopause just sends them loopy it's like they can't help it it's just the way nature is mm -hmm. uh, then you know they go off track and their emotions get involved and they just go they go haywire um, I've, I've experienced it firsthand <laughs> several times actually um so they go haywire, haywire and, and they, but men do the same thing in a similar circumstance and in other in other respects so these are the things that you've got to understand are just natural progressions in life it's not an opportunity to say to someone i'm leaving you it's like that's yeah. when you know the true character of the person you've got with you because they're on board with you and they know exactly how to help you forward and then how mm -hmm. to help you get forward and that's the type of people it's these people that stick it out or, the, or, the, or get all the success and the results that they want later on let me give you an example do you know most wars are won just because people have hung around long enough in the war right, okay. two percent less less two percent of wars are actually only only one just out of the first instance because one beat the other Mm -hmm. The other 98% are one just because the other one kept going longer than the other one. And then and wore the other one down, effectively. Yeah. And I don't mean that's a war as in a war between relationships. But, but what I mean is, what I'm trying to emphasize here for anybody at any age, that your relationship will probably last and stand the, stand the test of time if you understand that's what's happening. Yeah. Will, whatever happens at this point in time will pass and it will be a different a different day a different week a different month a different you know year um in five years time you'll look back and this is i used to say this to you all the time didn't i look yeah. in five years time whatever happened now i'll know i'll know make any difference we'll look uh, back well, the important things it's like it's this too shall pass and it's like because you yeah. get so wrapped up in something in the in the moment and it could really cloud your judgment and make you make the wrong decisions and you really need to just take a step back and let it pass and and, and you're your the way you um react to it will be different than doing it right in the in the moment and it's interesting what you say jim obviously what you what you're talking about the now kind of brings us into well, we're going to talk about the six points and we're going to talk about taking risks and people regretting not living their dreams and things but the first point that when i researched this it kept coming up quite a lot and i thought it's important to do it and the first one was that people their biggest regret was that they wished they had be more loving to the people that actually matter to them and express that to them. And many people, when they're on their deathbeds and things, express the, the, the feeling of maybe sorrow of not having been more understanding or caring or present with the people that are important to them. And they wish they'd had the courage to maybe even say, I love you. A lot of people can't say that. And that's something that a lot of people regret. And uh, what you talk about there kind of brings us nicely into that first point. Do you know, do you know you can, you could, this this is everybody this is myself included 
I'll probably get to my deathbed and do exactly the same thing. I think, Christ, I wish I'd spoken and said more to people I love you. But yeah. there's other ways of saying to someone you love them because you care about them and you do other things for them. So it's not, you don't really need to say to someone, I, do need to I, feel I, I love you. Do you. Right, you, stand right in front of me. Do you know I love you? Like, are you listening? Can you hear this? It's, like, you but it's, it's so stressful for the situation that they go, oh my God, do you really? <laughs> I think what you said as well is really important. Like if you and your partner establish that you are the right people for each other and you've hit hard times and you're going through difficult things and you understand that you just need to stick that part out and you'll be fine at the other end and think, so you don't need to sit and tell each other, oh, I love you, I love you, because you know that you're in it together and that journey demonstrates that clearly to each other every single time yeah. and this is why when i see most people are splitting up when i walk in to sell their house immediately the first thing i say to to either one or both or or, or one or the other is do you see this as a long-term decision or do you see this as a short-term temporary position in other words is this repairable mm -hmm. and if they say yeah i do think i do think it'll pass and it'll be repairable i'm like relate scotland it's probably yeah. the best place to go. Relate Scotland is not about getting you back together. It's about seeing an amicable way forward for both of you. So if you and your mind don't think this is actually over at this point in time, then the last thing you should be doing is just saying, like, let's sell the house and let's split everything up and we're done. Yeah. Because a month or two months later, you'll think this is all fine now. And then you've gone and done all this for nothing. It's like when I get couples uh, that are breaking up, that come to, somebody comes to me and they're looking to let. And I've just, I've just broke up with my partner and I'm like, hey, OK. <laughs> That's a red flag. I need to question that because I say that every single time, yeah. don't I? When you come mm -hmm. to me and say, "Oh, they've just split up, and this person's wanting this," I go, "All right, okay. How long's that been? And is this going to be a permanent thing yeah. for them?" And I know, fine, you'll have asked them because that's what I ask every single time. Because yeah. you know, the best world in the world, what happens and what I found before is within a month they're like, "Oh, we've moved back in together." Yeah. So I've got no desire to facilitate the breaking up of it, but if it works on a short-term basis or it helps them out or it lets them see clarity then that's the, that's the perfect way forward for them and um, so this is definitely yeah one of the biggest regrets people regret but don't worry about it too much for everybody out there um you'll you'll always do that you'll always think you wish you'd love people more but they know that you love them and you know that you love them so we're okay with that. You don't need to verbalise it every single time and every yeah. single day. Some people like to do that because they feel maybe a bit insecure about themselves. So they want other people to tell them they love them in order to elevate their position, mm -hmm. in order to make them feel confident, make them feel safe. Um, but but that's but if you feel like that, you probably need to work on yourself more than you need to more than you need to work on other people telling you this. This is why Facebook resonates and is fantastic for some people. Because they want to put their crisis every single moment on Facebook and everybody goes, ah, what's wrong? And they go, yes, I've got people caring about me now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But again, when it comes to things like that, I mean, writing things down. And, and if you do feel like you're maybe distant to somebody that you do care about and think, God, I'll regret that one day, pick up the phone to them or go and see them or, you know, just do something. Yeah, write a letter, email, something like that. Send them yeah. a text. And, and you don't do this with the prospect of you're going to get something out of it. This is not what you do it for. No. You do it for the prospect of you're giving, but you don't expect to receive. That's the key here. Because the classic example is, oh, I, I did this and I did that and never said a thing. 
It's like it's like the person that passes you in the car. It's like you let them through and then they just didn't bother waving. Yeah, yeah. You bump it. You bump it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? Hey, all right, thanks for letting you through. <laughs> I did it today. Yeah, you're looking for that that appreciation or that validation to them that you were the. the I sure. laugh about that. I, I I laugh a lot about that internally and sometimes out loud about the fact that how as human beings we we do things in order to receive them, and this is where it goes. So you know, the wish that on your deathbed you'll probably wish you'd loved people more, told them more, and all the rest of it. Um, but don't worry about it too much. Um, just do it now if that's the case. And yeah. and you've said that. What about taking more risks? Yeah, let's talk. Let, let's talk about taking more risks because a lot of people um, get to that stage and they feel that they maybe fear they fear that they failed because they played it too safe, and that's going to be a really common one. It's right up there, obviously, it's number two, and they know that maybe they could have been richer or more fulfilling lives they could have had uh, if they'd taken more risks. And and uh, it's like well, we read the um, feel the fear and do it anyway, and that. That is a really good book because it really makes you think, right, okay, if I just do this, whether I'm scared of it or not, it's going to get yeah. me to a better place. It's going to, it's going to make me, it's going to excel me in what I'm doing. And and personally and professionally, and it's a really good book. And that is where you eliminate this feeling at the end of your life, thinking, God, I never pushed myself hard enough. I was too, I shied away, I played it too safe. And, and ultimately, if you want to be successful, and like I said there, and, and ideally richer, then you need to take risks. and and face your fears basically yeah you can take calculated risks so so this is why i went to naked island this year um yeah you know because i basically st at the start of the year i thought to myself if i don't do this now my dad's sitting like this with parkinson's like yeah. like basically shaking and and every time i go you're right he goes yeah best it can be yeah. <laughs> that's about it really and i thought to myself if i don't do this now that's going to be me in 20 or 30 years time and I'm going to be looking back thinking regretting. Yeah. So when I showed him the picture of me and Richard Branson, he went, I would have loved to have met, let, met Richard Branson one day. See that? See how that, yeah, you know, exactly that resonates? It's like, my God, these are the sort of things. It's like, why? And and this isn't a, this isn't a play for, uh, oh, to hell with, you know, just enjoy your life and, 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 and embrace everything that comes your way. Yeah, fine, fair enough. But but I'm not telling people to run out and spend everything and oh. and basically you know um, uh, live live every opportunity you can. Uh, this isn't yes man by the way, Jim Carrey. This is no what we're saying. I'm not saying say yes to everyone. What I'm saying is you know take these risks, take calculated risks. That's what I do. do but know. I've always I've always worked on the principle of a gambler. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've put on the table what I'm prepared to lose. And and as far as I'm concerned, I could lose the whole lot tomorrow and it wouldn't make a damn bit of difference to me. Mm -hmm. It might to everybody else, but it won't make any difference to me at all. I'll still be the same person I was before. I'll still just keep doing what I'm normally doing. Yeah. And I'll still keep moving on. That's it. So it wouldn't make any difference to me. So I just go with the attitude of, yes, I'll take calculated risks. I'll not be foolish in what I'm doing, but I'm prepared to lose everything. Monte Carlo or bust. Yeah, yeah, I've always said that. But I think as well, Jim, you, you've got that mindset and of what you do and what you do day, day in, day out and things. And I think if you were to lose everything, you would just keep doing that and probably end up back 
way but, then, anyway. but then I'll go on the principle that how on earth could I lose everything? Well, because that, if I had a fire sale tomorrow and sold everything for 50%, it's like I still have millions. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, it's almost impossible. It, 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 <laughs> I did a tongue in cheek with Ian this morning. I said, this is like Brewster's millions. It's like, how quick can yeah. I spend this yeah. before it accumulates? Yeah. Also, um, when it comes to, sorry, when it comes to risks, taking risks, and for me, I more think in my mindset, maybe people are the same, it's more about pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah. You know, and because I know that doing that and putting yourself in situations and speaking to people and things that maybe you're not comfortable with are a big part of being successful and being and, and, and getting along through your journey a lot better and quicker with the right people and, and putting yourself out there. That's to me feels more risky than like you say, like spending all your money or or whatever or, or putting your money into into deals and things as well. Or what the advice I'd give a younger person right today is if you feel comfortable doing what you're doing, you're not fulfilling your true potential. Yeah. Because you need to feel uncomfortable in some shape or form in order to understand that you're growing. If you yeah. feel entirely comfortable what you're doing, you must do it all the time. Therefore, you're not growing outside of your current self. And if you're not growing at your current self, then you'll not be as successful as you are. Look at Warren Buffett. I mean, Charlie Munger just died the other now. Charlie Munger was absolutely fantastic. He was Warren Buffett's left-hand, right-hand man. And he was the one that told Warren, Warren, you're an idiot. That was Charlie Munger's job. Yeah. You know, to tell Warren when Warren had a great idea and he thought it was daft, he would, Warren, you're an idiot. That was what his job was. So if I take that in, in minus 57, I've got 42 years before I get to his age. What can I do in 42 years from right now? What? Wow. Charlie Munger, here we come. As far as I'm concerned, Buffett, here we come. 42 years I've got to do this from where I am right now. The compounding. Buffett and Munger's wealth never came from anything in the first 60 years. All their wealth came from 60 year olds and 60 years on, 60 year olds and onwards. That's where all their wealth was built with Berkshire Hathaway. That's what Buffett tells you. Yeah. So compounding and hanging around the longest is the best. Again, go back to the art of war. The people that were successful in war and the battles were the ones that hung around the longest. Look at all the people around about you. Everybody starts in sports. They all start as footballers. They all start as athletics, the runners. They all start as triathletes. They all start as, you know, whatever it is, as um, shopkeepers. They all start as retail. They all start as electricians. They all start as plumbers. They all start somewhere. But the ones that end up being successful in whatever field it is, is the ones that have hung around long enough. Yeah. Harrison Ford talks about it. Harrison Ford talks about the takeaway he got was when he came to Hollywood to be a star, he got a job as a carpenter. He never he never did anything other than that. He says, I'm in this for the long game straight away. He says, I'm going to be here forever in Hollywood. I'm not going to be a flash in the pan like the rest of them, turn up, get the you know huge accolade, and then they're away. They're quit. They've, they've no, so he, I'm going to play the long game hung about, did some set designs for uh, George Lucas or or something like that. I, I think it was George Lucas and, mm-hmm. and some of his friends. He got a, jo- a, a, a one-off part in American Graffiti and he was in that and then Lucas said to him, I've got a new a new project coming out. I ain't going to put anybody in American Graffiti in it. But he says, I'll tell you what I want you to do, Harrison. Go and you stand in as the, the person who I say to read 
you know. So I'll bring in yeah. actors to read for the parts for the new project I'm on. But you just stand there and you just do that. You'd be the person that responds. So in other words, with the script, you're the yeah. other person. So yeah. you've you've got no intent. Well, I've got no intention of putting you in anything. Um, but you, could you just help me out with this? And Han, yeah, okay, I will do that. And then he ended up being Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's how he had it, and that was that was Harrison Ford's uh, whole mentality he, he, about the risks. It's like I'll just, yeah. I'm, hey, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to mm -hmm. do this. I'm going to do the long game. I'm, 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 I'm not going to play it safe. I'm just yeah. going to get out there and do it, and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, and it'll land me somewhere. I don't know where that's going to land me at this point in time, but I've got faith in myself. See that phrase again? I've got yeah. faith in myself that wherever it leads me. It's going to be something good. Yeah, yeah. And when it comes to this, it's like you say, Jack, make a list of things that you want to do or where you want to be. And I think when you feel like, oh, that's like, feeling comfortable when you're doing things in that process of achieving them, push yourself to do it. Push yourself out your side your comfort zone, and you yeah, will definitely say. be more successful. But you need to make the lists. You need yeah. to make these lists of things that you want to do, all the things that you want to achieve, all the things. You know, the, you, there was no surprise when I said, you know, that I definitely want to be a millionaire when I retired. Mm -hmm. But I never put a date on it, and we know the consequences of that. I actually yeah. retired a lot earlier as a millionaire. Yeah. Um, but that was a good thing. Thank God I never put a date <laughs> an age <laughs> on that. I'm working towards that date, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was until I retired. I said, when I retire, if I'm no millionaire, I deserve everything I get. Because I had no pension. This was a burn the bridges moment or burn yeah. the boat, what the Vikings used to do. That was the sort of thing. Burn the boat. It's it's all or nothing here. I'm going to have to make it whether I like it or not. This is why people that come out of school with no formal education end up excelling in, in their own field because it's the only thing they've got going for them. And they have to be really good at it. I'll guarantee you most YouTubers and stuff like that will probably not have a formal education. Mm -hmm. I can probably guarantee you that. Um, and, and what they've done is like, I'm pretty good at this. Everybody likes me doing this. I'm pretty funny and at school and all the rest of it. So I'll tell you what, this is what I'm going to do. Because I said, I was saying to Ian, it says, you know, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing blogs and vlogs about how to sneak into Glastonbury. I'd be, <laughs> I'd, honestly, I'd be, getting, I'd be getting my camera in the middle of the night and going, this is what we're doing. We're running across the field. And then we're putting a, we're putting a ladder against the, against the, the 20 meters. I think meters. they're funny. I think they're the funny. And this, is, and this is across the other side. And then we dropped our bag and all the rest of it. That's the type of shit I'd be doing. If, if I was, if I had it, and, I, and I says to Ian this morning, I said, do you know, everything I've learned actually stood in my way because of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or I would be doing it right now. <laughs> So it's maybe one in the future that you'll see me sneaking into Glastonbury and all these different things because it's like I know how to do all that. Um, well, well, I really want to, and it'd be great. It'd be great for filming it. It'd just be it'd be fantastic TV uh, footage. Yeah? That would actually be quite good. Uh, good TV, but but yeah, they, that, let's talk about uh, people regretting that they they wish they had lived their dreams out. Uh, and a lot of people have like lifelong dreams and things, and a lot goes un unfulfilled because. Maybe they were too concerned with trying to live up to someone else's expectation. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, Absolutely. And as a I lived, here's me, here's me, yeah. and, and I could tell you straight away, I lived my mother's expectation. Yeah. I became an accountant because I thought I could make money, but also to appease and get self get recognition from my mother. That's why I became an accountant, because a professional accountant would be a good thing and should be going about telling everybody and all the neighbours how, how you know, how you know upstanding in the community my, my son is. 
Um, that's exactly why I, one of the things that the reasons I did it. But I also thought an accountant would would uh, would help me become a millionaire. But I'm not really sure how that happened. But it didn't. Um, but it, it certainly gave me a good grounding for that. And I just numbers. Say, it's important part of your, it yeah, important absolutely. Part of your I would say that. But do you see how you know I I lived my mother's dream, mm -hmm. and that's what parents put on their children, their expectations about what they what they should expect them to do. I mean, how many parents out there it could be listening and tuning into this right now, and how many people have actually said to them, uh, said to anybody round about them, um, uh, I but maybe just get a real job. Uh, well, sorry, what do you class as a real job? Yeah, because um, a reality TV star isn't a real job. Uh, you know, and in, in terms of some people's eyes, it has to be a doctor, a lawyer, or whatever. You know, the the older generation think like that, don't they? Whereas yeah. my kids, I was like, you didn't get involved like. in what I do. Do whatever you want. Enjoy so if you it. Do some, if you do something and it makes you happy and you've monetized it or you're you're making a good living from it, then that's fine. Look at Holly Branson, Richard's daughter. Holly mm -hmm. Branson uh, is, uh, I think, she was in medicine. So I think she actually specialised in medicine, but she actually is now involved in the uh, foundation. So she was always involved in the foundations as, a, as one of their heads of the Virgin Foundation or the charity or something like that. Um, you know, don't correct me on it because I know it's roughly about that that era. But now she's in the paper and they're talking almost like she's going to be the successor to Richard. And now she's actually getting involved in the elders which is Richard's project that he wants yeah. to have with Peter Gabriel um, and Desmond Tutu and, that, and, and Mandela when that was involved as well, to have an elders organisation. But Holly seems to be moving back into there in her 40s. Um, so see how he let her do everything he want, she wanted to do herself. She lived her own life, she did her own thing, all the rest of it. Um, and obviously she got the help and support of her father. Um, but he didn't say like what Murdoch did, you know, Rupert Murdoch did with you James. Was like, you're coming into the business and you're following oh, my footsteps and you're yeah. taking over when you're like that. No. Um, so look what happened with my brother. He works with my father. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not really sure if he enjoys what he does. I get the impression he doesn't really. But he just does it because it's like that's he is. And I'm like, thank God I got, thank God I had a fight with him on the left. <laughs> it's like, hallelujah. Um, because I would still be there right now. And that that's a frightening thought. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my circumstance that pushed me to do something different and not my dreams at that point in time. So that was a blessing in disguise. So this is all about, you know, as we say about you know, the wish I'd lived. And what is it going to take? Jimmy Carr talks about this. What is it going to take for you to sell out in your dream? 20,000? Yeah. 30,000? 40,000? 50,000 in a company car? To sell out in the dream what you really had. Yeah. What you wanted to be, what you wanted to do. What's it going to take to do that? And what's it going to be like when you get to your deathbed? Thank God, if that wasn't worth it, I should have done what I wanted to do. I have no business left tomorrow, never will be left to do the right thing. <laughs> well, look at it, I enjoy my job, Jim, so it's fine. But it's interesting what you say about uh, Branson's daughter, because he didn't push her and didn't have the expectation that she would follow in his footsteps, let her do what she wants. Of course but she's went full circle and probably going to end up being a successor anyway. Of course. What do you think on, her own merit, on her own merit and her own terms. But what do you think? What do you think is going to happen with us? With me? With my, with my, no, they'll never no work in the, the agency, and they'll never no work as an estate and a letting agent. But they'll certainly have some involvement, more more or less, more, more than likely in the future, yeah. in terms of the trust. Um, it'll, it'll eventually set up, and, and the legacy is to come. 
So they'll have some sort of input into that, but they'll have life knowledge and life skills as a result of that because they've not been shoehorned into that in the beginning. Yeah. So that's what I think is the most important thing. You know, if, it's like what you say, many, many people's lifelong dreams have went unfilled and they've, they've, they've compromised on them. And I think, I think drink's got a lot to do with that and, and how it, how it masks it. It's yeah. like, we're just, I kind of, I kind of say I didn't do it either. Because I did. It was like you just live your life in the bog sometimes, and you think. I mean, I was I wasn't that bad, by the way, <laughs> but I wasn't yeah, in the street corners. You know, drinking an alcoholic, but <laughs> but 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 you you tended to find living for the weekend, you yeah. know, kind of numbed that whole experience. Yeah, and and it's like I'll just live for the weekend. We'll live for this event. We'll live for that event. We'll live for this next holiday. We'll live for the the holidays. We'll live, what could we live for now? We could live for our next holiday. We could live for the and and you know I hear it, people saying to me it's like oh you've got necker for neck yeah I have booked, I have booked neck necker for next year, um but it's necker for you've got necker for next year to look forward to and it's like okay but I think that's not necessarily the timelines yeah it's just one of these things for me it's a it's it's a it's a wealth of experience I'll gain from other people I'll get around because they're there and they're at a a level which is beyond where I am right now and it's like what could these people teach me that's 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 where I'm coming from from that plus the fact I'll I'll really enjoy lying on the beaches and golden sandy beaches and water sports and hot weather and all the rest of it um and you know Richard might not be there next year. It's like I'm not bothered. It makes no difference if he's there, if he's not there. I don't. It doesn't matter. No. It's getting around other people at that sort of level because they can afford to go there as well. So they must have some. You know, they must. They must have some sort of experience and expertise and all the rest of it that I could actually learn from at the same time. Yeah, that's the sort of thing. Plus the fact that sort of excels you to then do better to think to yourself, life could be you get a glimpse of what it could really be like like wow um you get a real good glimpse of what it could what it could be like um on a different field completely and then that's what that's what motivates you and think yes i'm out and i want to climb yeah yeah definitely well that's what i mean when it comes to dreams or 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 not wanting to be in that position and regretting that you didn't live your dreams it's really important to not live your life up to someone else's expectations or have that influence you you are the only one that knows what's best for you and allow yourself to be open to endless possibilities and and it will ultimately lead to your success keep an open mind i think that's what i would advise everybody now yeah. uh, from a younger younger age and even now right now open your mind to other possibilities it's not over for you i used to phone people at my age when I was at 25 and say, look, I've got a perfect opportunity for you. You want to come around my house, you know, on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, and I'll show you. Spend an hour with me. Um, I've got a professional coming around, show you and tell you all about it. You've got nothing to lose, everything again, because you could always say no. And some people go, oh, you know, I'm a, my old English teacher, you know, my head English, the one that mm-hmm. said yeah. I was I was, I was, was fit just to scrape off his shoe in the morning. <laughs> that was the one that said to me at that time, he said to me, um, oh, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm nearly retired. I'm kind of, I'm kind of retired now. It's like, and I'm like, what? You're only 55. I remember saying that to him. You're yeah. only 55. You're only halfway there. And you're talking like it's all over like for that's you. The end, uh, yeah. yeah, honestly, that's how he was talking. And that's um, the society that's got people to think like that. The way things, it's like, because, oh, like retirement, like that's me. I've not got long left. <laughs> work yourself to the bone, work for the rest of your life, retire at 65, and maybe you'll get a good 15 years out of it. 
Well, see when you put it into see when you put yeah. it in attack that context, it's quite frightening, eh? As as in that, this that brings us really goodly on good on to the next point where you and I speak about Jim about you living longer and things, and this is one of the next big regrets everyone has, and it's wishing that they'd taken care better care of themselves and their body. Yeah. And in terms of people thinking, oh, I should have eaten better, I should have slept better, I should have paid more attention to my health, my well-being. Um, and and you know for people and it's also people that get to a point where maybe they're sick and 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 they regret maybe a lot of things that they've done in terms of their health and think that maybe could have changed that right the most uh, the most unnatural substance we should ever be taking and ingesting in our body is alcohol Absolutely. you're literally drinking you're literally drinking ether every single time yeah and your body is not designed to consume ether it's a toxic substance yeah and we normalize it in our society. Hence the reason, and I'm not telling anybody, I'm not telling anybody to give up. I'm just saying, you know, maybe think about cutting back a bit. It's affecting it. Yeah. Because the compounding effect, and this is how I look at it every single time, you see all these murders, um, murders that happen and the crimes that happen, and folk go, how on earth did that person die? And apparently it was arsenic poisoning. Like, but how? It's like, and it's because. The person was putting arsenic, a small amount, in their tea every single day. And this is how I look at what we're doing to ourselves and what we ingest in our food. Ultra-high processed foods, exactly the same. A lot of toxic substance in there, but in small doses, on a daily basis, it doesn't affect you. But on a compounding long-term effect, it is horrific. Yeah. It will shorten your lifespan. It will give you cancer. It will give you a Parkinson's. It will give you Alzheimer's. It will give you all these health ailments, and by the time you get them, it's too late. So everything, yeah, ultra-high processed foods, cigarettes, vaping. Vaping is not normal either, by the way. You're not supposed to be anything into your lungs except oxygen. That's how your lungs are designed to process oxygen. But we all have all the particulates in the air as well. So all the particulates in the air, it become from, you know, um, exhaust fumes and all the rest of it, that hits your skin. So it hits your skin, it absorbs into your bloodstream, it goes right round your heart and everything, your arteries, and it goes straight to your brain, round yeah. your brain as well, all that toxin, uh, as well as what you're ingesting, as well as what you're swallowing, as well as what you're drinking. It goes all round your blood system and it hits your brain every single time. You tell me that's not going to have a long-term effect on you. Of course it is course it is this is why you need to eat better you need to sleep more you need to pay more attention to your health and well-being you need to get out and exercise if you are becoming sick more often than usual i don't care if you're a triathlete i don't care if you're sitting on the couch you're unhealthy yeah even if you're a triathlete even oh he's out on his bike every day how did he drop dead because he didn't eat the right things yeah He's going, he's he, was going still, he was still yeah. ill inside. Yeah, you could look you could look healthy, but still not be internally healthy. Yeah, you're not healthy at all. You maybe look the part, but you're not healthy. This is all I mean, I, I was saying I, I love the fact that Elaine doesn't wear makeup or anything. Mm -hmm. Because I tell you what, every single time I see somebody with makeup on, I think, God, that's going straight into your bloodstream, into your brain. Because mm -hmm. your your skin's the biggest lymph node. It absorbs everything, your skin. Yeah. 
So everything that you're putting on your skin goes straight into your bloodstream, goes straight into your into your into your mind, into your heart, into your arteries, into your lungs, into everything. It's going right around your body, whether you like it or not. So there's no surprise when you find out, oh well, my, my heart's knackered. Hey, no shit, Sherlock, because you've been doing that all the time. It's like a car. If you don't put the right fuel into a car, if you put a foreign body into a car every single time, the car may go all the time, but at some point in time, the car wears out, doesn't it? Yeah. Because of the use. And if you put something that's it's toxic or pollutes, it might run the car all the time, but at some point in time, it'll run out a lot quicker and it'll break sooner. Yeah. And you ain't coming back if it's your brain because your brain's the only thing you've got and you can't replace it. That's the biggest problem here. People don't realise that this is the most important thing you've got. Everything else is run by it. And if you don't have that, this all fails. And you have to look after this to carry this about in. Yeah, your, your this brain's, is why. Yeah, your brain's paramount. There is another organ, obviously, that well, your pancreas is quite important. But obviously, I know your brain's paramount. Your heart. Your heart is the lifeblood. So this is how it works. It all works in synergy. But as I said before, if you're ingesting, if you're sleeping, if you're not sleeping enough, if you're not doing anything like that, your body has to work correctly. Now, I actually thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if we could have a brain, brain transplant, transplant one day? And then I thought to myself, you can't really do that because your brain needs serotonin to work. Mm -hmm. And serotonin is produced in your gut yeah. to go to your brain. So your brain will never be able to be transplanted somewhere else because it will still have to have serotonin in order for it to, to be content and happy. So if you get artificially put into another body and your brain gets put in, unless it's producing serotonin in some sort of way and everything else is running how it should be chemically, then your brain won't function properly and you'll probably end up going mad. Yeah. So this is why we've taken million years of evolution to come up with this. This, this is as good as it gets. <laughs> it's amazing that isn't it millions of years of evolution and this is it <laughs> and something that's so vulnerable still i think I, we, I know and i think people don't appreciate how complex and how advanced your your own body and your mind and everything actually is i think people just so, take it for, just forget and take it for granted so exercise is important even if yep. you can't exercise just go out for a walk yeah don't listen to your music. Go out for a walk. Actually speak to people. <gasps> I have to speak to people? Well, just say hello to somebody you're passing. Push yourself. Because a lot of people don't. Every time I pass somebody when I'm running and I'm walking, they go like that. They look to the side when they're passing. And I go, hiya. And they go, oh, hiya. It's like, <laughs> but I, I know they've done it. I know they've yeah. done it for that reason because they don't. They're, they're, they're afraid of this interaction. interaction and yeah. Do you know what it is? I think it's a lot to do with afraid of rejection. And the mm -hmm. fact that if I say hello, they might not say hello back. Or it might be confrontational. Because we, we're all quite vulnerable in our mind in terms of what could happen, what they think it might happen, but it's never happened yet. So that's why I often say just hiya, 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 hiya. And Alan's like, flopping out, you're saying hiya, everybody. It's like, I just say hiya, everybody. Hiya, hiya, hiya. <laughs> It's like when I'm running along and it's like, especially in the summertime when you're on the coastal path, it's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. It's like, it's like, what's the scousers? All right, all right, man, all right, man. <laughs> but but that's effective what it is. It's about taking care of yourself. That's probably the most important thing. Um, and that leads us nicely on to the one, the, the next one is about yeah. wishing to do done more for others. Do um, more for others, yeah. Why do you think I do it right now? 
I was just going to say, Jim, this is something that's really important to you. And um, I mean, there's probably been countless people on their deathbeds that wish they'd done more for others and done something that made a difference or been kinder and, you know, acts of compassion and kindness and things. And I mean, it's probably something that's been quite common. I mean, obviously it's up there because I, I mean, when I researched it, it was, but, and it does mention about giving to charities and doing things for organisations. And that's something that's really close to your heart. And I know that that's something that was part of your plan when you were... I'm not really uh, sure it's close to my heart. I know what you mean by that, and I understand that statement, mm -hmm. but it's something that's always been inbuilt into me. Um, and it's been inbuilt into me by my mentors. Yeah. It's like, that's the type of things they used to do. I used to love it, watching them for stage. I remember Jerry Skirden saying, I've, I've, got, I've, I've just sponsored and opened up an orangutan sanctuary. <laughs> and and my dad, my dad is you know named after my dad in memory of my dad, and it's like, what? You've opened an organisation and financed the whole thing. It's like <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. And then I still watch. You know, I used to watch Secret, Secret Millionaire all the time. Yeah. You know, Kevin Green. You know, I know Kevin, and I, I remember watching Kevin's one and how Kevin felt about it. Um, and, but then also, I also sit and watch Undercover Boss. Still, I love mm -hmm. watching Undercover Boss on E4. Right, or, or it's on something like that. It's on, you know, every Sunday. It's, you know, get about three episodes back. You get three episodes back, for, well, more for back to back, three episodes. So I'll sit and watch that all the time. I just love these sort of things. I love that. I love that. You know, I get a, a, a real buzz. Uh, and and to be honest, wishing you'd done more for other people and doing more for other people is very, very rewarding. It is a real, it's a big reward big reward and and in, and in a sort of roundabout way it's kind of a bit selfish <laughs> but it's because it's, 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 uh, it's not a selfless thing because you do it because you it's a win-win thing i think because you're helping others and you're helping them but at the same time you you feel you feel like you're doing something you feel good within yourself yeah, and, and and in all honesty i don't expect any acknowledgement from anybody for it so if I'm giving a thousand pounds to somebody and they've no said anything about it, I don't jump up and down and go, that's no fair, you've no said anything. All I do is I'll post yourself. it on my social media feed because if I give a thousand pounds to a charity, I need to sort of advertise it somewhere. So when yeah. the tax man goes, you know, you've given a thousand pounds to charity, I can then say, well, there it is here. There's yeah. what we put on our page. Um, but also you've got that internal link, that happiness that you've been able to help somebody or, or help a, a certain organisation or whoever it is. But but then but then look at it this way. If if it was if it was selfish, then why would I go and help the cats in Ayamonte <laughs> or Brazil? Yeah. No, no Brazil, but um, Jamaica. Why yeah. would I go and do that? Why would I pay for these operations there? Why would I go and help somebody? It's got nothing to do with me at all, and I have no idea who that person is. Mm -hmm. But I'll go and contribute towards helping them in some shape or form, in some in some way. Um, it's all part of the greater good, I think, really. It, it possibly is, yeah, it possibly is. But I think, I again, come back to saying, and Trish Collar, I think it's Trish um, Collar, um, she's a booking agent in Somerset for comedians. Mm -hmm. And we sat at the um, we sat at the, the Edinburgh Festival, we, we sat next to her, and we talked about it, and we talked about everything, and we talked about money and all the rest of it. And Trish, uh, Trish, Trish says to me, oh, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want any more money. And I felt like saying you tried it lately, because <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but I said to her, I wouldn't want any more money. I could earn it, but I wouldn't want any more money. I says, well, why do you not go out and earn it and give it to the people that need it? Yeah. 
She's like, I never really, th-. and she actually had a wee epiphany there. She went, I never really thought about it like that. I could actually make this and give it to someone else that really needs yeah. it. So for me, I love the very fact that I've been able to do that for someone else and, and plant that seed with them. So so much so, she's actually got our first committee meeting that she's had together with the with the, with the the council and everything like that to actually have a comedy festival for her area as a result. She never mm-hmm. wanted to do that before. But because I've given her renewed passion and renewed purpose in terms of what I she wants to do, she's to now do said, this is the perfect vehicle I can use to do this. To give something back to the community, but to make everybody feel a lot happier about what they're doing, and to give me some sort of reasonable lifestyle, but also to possibly make money I could give away to people that need it. That's why that's what's motivated motivated her to do this. Otherwise, I don't think she would have been doing it. That's good. It's good that um, it's good that you were there to speak to her and kind of give her that realization. Well, she might never have done that. She might never have come to that point. I always believe you're in the right place at the right time for a reason. Yeah. And she said, she actually went mentioned, I mentioned something else later on. I think, I, I can't remind where it was, but I actually mentioned something else on social media and she went, oh my God. She says, you, you were there at that point in time in my life for that specific reason. And the coinciding thing was, she spoke about, she never got a chance to speak to Mark Nelson, the comedian at the mm-hmm. time, and she's no had a chance to see his show when we spoke about it. And at that very moment, I had just been speaking to Mark at his show at the end of it, and we were speaking about possibly doing some sort of podcast or that. Yeah. And and he walked past <laughs> in the back of me, and I went, there he is, Mark, come over. Come <laughs> over, this is Trish, she's a booking agent for Somerset, you know, for, for the thing there. And Mark went, yeah. oh, brilliant, he says, and Mark says, I've been looking to catch up with you as well. I said, Look, exchange card guys, and I just put them in touch with each other. And that's so, right place, right time, yeah. Aye, come on, how does that happen, eh? Mm-hmm. I mean, but if I wasn't attuned to that, Matt probably would have walked past, and I'd never ever seen him. Yeah, and I would never ever said anything to Trish really. So therefore, I was some sort of catalyst that made that happen mm-hmm. because the right place, right time. But this is because if you do more for others, for some weird reason more comes back to you yeah i, I do believe but, you, that. but there's no expectation for that to happen it just happens yeah i think i think it's just a natural it's just the natural way things are and if you're if you are that kind of person you're in that position like you see and you're giving back and you're helping others it, it will do full circle um and you have to you have to believe in that i think really and if you don't and you're very skeptical and think no and don't do it, then it's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so I believe so. I think that's Definitely. really important. Mm. So so yeah, giving back is something that people do on their deathbeds wish that they had done more. So if you've got the opportunity to, to give back and help other people, please do that. And then we'll finish up today with the last point, Jim, and we did touch on it earlier, and a lot of people have regrets that they didn't do or choose more meaningful work throughout their life and maybe people have expressed that they never enjoyed their job like we spoke about being stuck in a a nine-to-five job that they're just doing because they have to they feel like they have to and there's no other way out and it's year after year and it's just paying the bills that's something that people have a big regret about and um, we did touch on it earlier going through your whole life I mean imagine going through your whole life this is where alcohol comes in quite well and also several holidays every year does that (laughs) resonate with anybody 
um, and also cigarettes and also vaping and also every other vice gambling all come with it mm -hmm. all the all the signs of trying to distract yourself from the reality of having to face up to the fact that possibly you're not following your purpose and passion in life you're not following your true beliefs you're not following the purpose that you were here for or you yeah. believe you're here for you're burying it deep down and that's what's that's what's that's what's causing so much torment in your life that you have to you feel compelled to 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 buy everything in the shop you know addictive personalities yeah to to, to gamble all the time to take your mind off it to drink to smoke to eat excessively these are all these are all these are not conditions these are these are symptoms this is what this is what medical doesn't understand and most psychologists understand this you know if they're not they know this is symptoms of what's happened not what's wrong with you yeah and it's the it's the byproduct of what's happening in your life right now is causing you to do this you know a thing it possibly might not be the best thing for you um, you know, this is this is why people get involved in this is why people take drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, people, you know, end up taking drugs recreationally. Oh, yeah, this is a great high and all the rest of it. But then they end up sticking with it because it, it masks the overall it masks the problem in the first place. And and this is this is this is why this is why I, I would say right now, don't, for God's sake, get to your deathbed and realize it's like, I wish I'd just done it. This is when I used to sit and watch this um, every single time when a lot of my mentors from stage, when they used to go, we used to go to the functions and they used to talk about it and said, my life changing moment was when my, uh, my father on his deathbed turned around to me and said, promise you'll not do what I did and just sell out. And effectively, that's what it was. Yeah, their father or their mother turned around and says, "Don't do what I did, and don't compromise, and don't sell out. Go for it." And that was the green light for that person to to excel themselves way beyond where they were right now, to push themselves, to have the motivation to actually say to themselves, "I've been given permission. I've been given yeah. permission to follow my path." See how people feel that they need to be given permission. They don't want to take their own permission in case it all goes wrong because then the failure's all on them. But don't worry about that. As Elon Musk says, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> That's going about there now, isn't it? <laughs> Have you seen that? No, it's yeah. like the Twitter advertisers, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and uh, you've, got people, yeah. you've got people leaving Disney, right? And they're going, reason for leaving, Bob Iger, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's 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 the he's the Richard Branson of his time, I would say. He's got he's yeah. a pioneer, isn't he? You know, look at this. Have you seen the Porsche, the the Cybertruck versus the Porsche? No, no. You need to get the video and watch the Cybertruck versus a Porsche nine nine eleven or whatever the fastest Porsche yeah. they've got. Because the Cybertruck he just brought out after seven years of a failure, and he's finally brought it out. And it's got the Porsche racing it. I'm going to tell you the punchline because it's great. Oh, I'm going to, I've just wrote it down. I'm going to look at it. When I, when right, I'm on. not going to tell you the punchline. You could tell me next week because right, you'll okay. be roaring about laughing when you see this. <laughs> His Cybertruck versus a Porsche. And it's like, my God, this thing takes off like a rocket. And this is a Porsche. 
and you want to see this, but you you wait wait till you see the twist in the yeah. tail at the end. It is brilliant. It is utter class. It is a true a, a true example of how Richard Branson would have done it today. And he's just he's just a master of marketing, uh, Musk. He's just got it. He's just the, he's a complete disruptor into mm-hmm. um, the industry, and that's fine. And you'll you'll have fifty percent of the audience that'll love him, and you'll have fifty percent audience that'll hate him. But who cares? You can't please everybody all the time. You just have to play to your own audience. And you have to be true to yourself. This is why we talk about you wish you'd chosen more meaningful work. For God's sake, do what you wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. I have known for years my friend's wife um, actually was a fantastic artist. She was absolutely brilliant at it. And she talked to me about it one day and she said to me that her mother turned round to her one day and said, you're not going to be an artist. You need to get a real job. And that was the end of her career. That held her back, yeah. She was never able to go to university for that because her mother and father wouldn't support her because she had to get a real job. And she was absolutely fantastic. And she's lived her whole life without her passion for that very reason. That's a shame. That's what happens to most people. And dare I say, 91% of people in jobs right now, they're yeah. not following their dream. They're working from nine till five. They've got themselves in a position. And they've got to pay the bills every single month. They have no other option but to keep doing what they're doing because they can't get off the hamster wheel. However, if you watch all these previous shows, the other 99, that'll show you exactly how to do it. Yeah. And I was going to finish about meaningful work. And if you're doing something or you're in a job that you're not excited about or you don't have a sense of fulfillment doing it then it's obviously something needs to change and you need to take time and be like really crystal clear on what you're passionate about and then then you can start to look at what you want to work in and and how your work um speaks to your passions and how they they coincide and make them make them join up somehow find out what you're good at and what you enjoy doing and monetize it absolutely wonder where you heard that before (laughs) I wonder where I'd heard it before because remember it's not about me coming up with the solutions it's about it's about you being a product of the people that you've learned from and harnessing within you that's how people like Pink came about you know in our singing career that's how all these different people that's how Matthew McConaughey became an actor that's how Jim Carrey came about and it was all these different people that you see now have been a product of the people that they've learned from they've you know so you'll see some traits you go oh that's exactly so and so that's exactly so and so that's just them copying them but effectively that's what we all do we'll just become a product of the environment that we're in so you, it's it's going back to saying you will be where you are in the next five years by the people you associate with and the books you read. Yeah. So you better associate with the right people. It's going to lift you higher, and you also better read the right books. It's going to it's going to expand your knowledge and your expertise. Buffett and Munger, all they did was read, 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 read. Munger was like a physician, a, med- a medical practice. He, he learned everything in his life. His whole life, he wanted to learn about everything and anything, which expanded mm. his knowledge base and his wealth of, of information so he could make decisions that were more knowledgeable based on the information and the facts that he had gained through all the people that had been successful that came before him. 
that's how you should live your life. Yeah. Because then the whole world would be a better place as a result of it. Because we would have more understanding and more tolerance for each other and seeing people's way, they, what, how they think. That's where we are. That's where we need to get it right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you say, Jim, obviously the right people, reading books, and I think as well, pushing yourself outside that comfort zone and, and embracing the feeling of fear when you, you feel like, well, I can't do that. I'm not really equipped to do that. It's, it's, it's outside my comfort zone. Push yourself, because that is definitely yeah. a key thing for, for myself, I know, anyway. But, um, but yeah, I think that's about us today, Jim. Um, there's been a few um, in the comments today. Thanks, Gary, Sean, Angela. <laughs> thanks for the happy birthday, Gary. But yeah, I mean, we've, we've covered quite a lot today, so but thanks for joining in. Um, and I think that's us. Perfect. Okay. Bye-bye okay. for now, folks. Okay. See you later. Bye-bye. See you next week.